Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. All right, guys. Um, welcome to uh, Thrive Bites. Uh, this is the new live show series uh, with COVID nineteen. Um, today, I have a trio talk with uh, Dr. Ashta Kaura um, and Dr. Ann Kristen. We're just waiting for her to um, get onto the show. Um, Thank you guys for uh, joining in. Um, a little bit about this series. Um, my name is uh, Dr. Colin Zhu. I'm the host of the regular season of Thrive Bites, and uh, we have placed uh, our current season, season two, um, uh, on hold for now and try to get this uh, new series up because of our current pandemic. And um, I'm very excited about the series. I'm very excited about our guests. Um, thank you for listening in. I know we have a couple of listeners uh, hopping on right now. And while we wait for Dr. Ann Kristen to come on, um, I'm going to have Dr. Ashta Kaura, um introduce herself and tell her a little bit about herself and where she's calling from. Hi, Colin. So thank you <laughs> for having me on the show. So I'm calling from New York. I'm in Westchester. I'm an internist by background. Um it's been overwhelming, and thank you for doing this for our listeners. I think it's much necessary that we go out and speak and try to educate and try to still create positive message around. Um, so I am an internist. My practice is mostly in medical weight loss, um, but I've also been working on frontline and urgent care um, during this time, which has been kind of busy here. Um, uh, I started with mostly medical weight loss, and now I call it more diabetes reversal because what I saw that uh, in my practice, and this is something I I love doing, which is deep prescribing, and, um, and again, which means, you know, taking people off of their insulin and not just prescribing medications. So it's been a great journey so far. I think medical weight loss is very important. And then you had also mentioned uh, diabetes reversal. Can you go into a little bit about uh, different things that uh, you do in your uh, clinic right now in terms of different components and, you know, what has shifted during this pandemic, you know, because, you know, obviously, you know, we get a lot of, um, you know, news and media updates and guideline changes and things like that it's important to kind of know where we're coming from um, to be able to offer different things to kind of, you know, go around a certain situation. Right. So type two diabetes has long been understood to be a chronic condition, right? We always think that it progresses over time. So now there's a definitely some paradigm shift where we're thinking that we are able to reverse diabetes by lifestyle modification and uh, light and nutrition. Um, so one of the component of good prescribing is deep prescribing, which is defined as adjustment of medication down to the minimum effective dosage or even stopping them when a patient's health status changes 
in a way that medication burden or potential for harm outweighs the benefits of the medication. Mm-hmm. Um, diabetes remission is actually uh, defined by American Diabetes Association. Partial remission is hyperglycemia below diagnostic thresholds for diabetes for at least one year with no active medication. Complete remission is the same criteria with normal glycemia and prolonged emission is that continues for five years. Um, So in order to think about diabetes as a reversible disease, we have to think about this paradigm shift in what diabetes is and how we are actually treating it. Um, I use dietary approaches of low-carb diet and intermittent fasting to correct the insulin resistance. Um, mm-hmm. So if you make the blood sugars look good, but you if you make the insulin resistance worse, that is not treating the core issue, which is insulin resistance and hyperinsulinemia. Mm-hmm. So um, in this pandemic, definitely, you know, I think we've seen one of the things we're seeing is people are stressed and overwhelmed and there's so much going on. Um, I think one of the things we wanted to bring up is while it's very important to focus on, you know, to stay positive and with what's going on, it's important to also focus on our general health and wellness because, uh, you know, our comorbidities make us mm-hmm. more, more, you know, with this pandemic, they make us more prone to all, all this or more prone to getting infa- inf- inf- right. infections and it's definitely a risk factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to hold on for a sec. Uh, Dr. Kristen, are we there? Hi, yes. This is Ann, um, Ann Kristen Kennard. I am here. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> That's great. You guys are officially, <laughs> all three of us are here, and I'm very, very excited. So because, because before the last show, we had some technical difficulties. So the fact that three of us can hop on, I'm super excited. So thank you so much again. Um, so, uh, what we were doing before you jumped on, um, uh, and is that we've been introducing the podcast, introducing a new series and then introducing ourselves. So, um, Ashta, I'm going to hold that thought. We're going to go back right to it. And, uh, and can you introduce, uh, yourself and where you're calling from? Yeah, thank you. So I'm Dr. Ann Kennard. I am in San Luis Obispo, California on the Central Coast. And I am an OBGYN physician, um, fellowship trained in integrative medicine through the Andrew Weil Center. And I am also an herbalist um, with a background in nutrition and a yoga instructor. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So let's get uh, straight into it. Um, and for those of you who don't know me again, my name is Colin Zhu. I'm a host of the regular Fry Bites podcast. Thank you for listening on. Um, so we were just talking about, you know, uh, Ashta was just talking about how, you know, she was going through weight loss strategies and diabetes reversal. And we're going through the process of, for example, diabetes and how it relates to chronic inflammation and, you know, why, you know, in this pandemic, how there is a relationship, um, not just for people that are diabetic, but um, also people with a poor immune system, right? So mm-hmm. we're looking to kind of talk about, we're talking about the immune system. Um, you know, I had talked about this with a, another uh, guest in a previous episode where, you know, again, our immune system is located, you know, two thirds, 70, 75% is located within our gut, right? And so there's a huge influence in terms of what we put into our mouth. So not only, you know, influencing our immune system, but 
what we, depending on what we're putting it into our mouth, you know, can or cannot gives up, gives us inflammation. And prior, you know, I had uh, associated inflammation to like rust to a car, right? Oxidative stress. Um, you know, that's why antioxidants are so powerful against it. And um, Ashta was just explaining how, you know, why the pandemic, um, you know, why our immune system is, is important to focus on during this pandemic. And uh, Ashta, please continue with that. So, right. So I'm glad you brought about uh, Colin, I'm glad you mentioned about the gut health. So we were talking about how immune system and how medical conditions affect our immune system. Um, it's important to focus on gut health also with this because the body is full of trillions of bacteria that is collectively known as microbiome. And in fact, there's more bacteria in, in the body than human cells itself. So, you know, I read I remember reading that there's more bacteria in our body than the stars in the Milky Way. So, <laughs> so the body is full of colonies of harmless bacteria, and most of them have positive effect on our health, and they have a huge role to play in health and contribute to body's natural process. When this bacterial order is out of balance, it leads to something called as dysbiosis, um, which occurs, which is which occurs when there is when there is change in balance of these bacteria, and that's why it's important to maintain that. Um, and you know the old the old saying that you are what you eat holds true for microbiome for the gut also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So same question to you, and is um, from your perspective, you know, why is the immune system important? And uh, someone who's been studying and practicing integrative me- uh, medicine and, um, you know, herbal medicine, you know, how, how does that play into what we're going through right now? We really have to have that conversation, you know, when we talk about the COVID-19 pandemic with what you're talking about, everyone, you know, of course, is asking me about this or that supplement. And I go back to the basics each time, which is the risk reduction of having an optimally functioning immune system to begin with. And I think that, you know, you just can't get away from the cornerstones, which are adequate, um, deep, restorative sleep. You know, that mm-hmm. um, one study showing less than five hours of sleep increased the risk of developing a common cold by 350%. And that's compared to individuals who slept at least seven hours per night. Um, I think that that's likely extrapolated as well to the COVID-19. And getting to stress management as well. You know, living through a pandemic um, as a physician, I don't know that I'd ever thought I would see anything like this. You know, it's profoundly stressful for everyone on the ground right right now. You know, and... But when you back away from that a little and remember that stress disrupts the immune regulation is specifically associated with, um, you know, inflammatory reactions and it decreases our resiliency to fighting off infection, making a very concerted effort towards practices that help to regulate the nervous system response. So, for example, for myself, I've committed to doing a five minute kind of grounding breathing exercise in the morning and then another 10 minutes prior to going to bed in the evening. Um, For example, using something like headspace or a guided imagery or meditation. 
mm-hmm. and then diet. You know, we we just everyone wants to ask about supplements, but really the cornerstone is diet, and in particular fruits and vegetables. Looking at you know five to seven servings of vegetables, two to three servings of fruit, just as a cornerstone of an anti-inflammatory, polyphenol-rich diet, um, which provides a myriad of compounds that are known to be potently antiviral and improve the immune system. Right, right. No, I definitely hear that because um, I think sometimes we forget about the basics. And I really appreciate the fact that you talk about sleep. Um, You know, sleep is uh, usually kind of left behind. Right. And, uh, you know, we all do this, you know, we try to get away, we try to, you know, go, okay, let me do five to six hours and, you know, let me try to make it up on the weekend. And, um, you know, it's something that is, you know, very underrated and, uh, you know, setting up a routine. I tell my patients all the time, if you can set up a good sleep hygiene routine, you know, going to bed at the same time, keeping the room dark, pitch black, relatively cool. And the most important thing that we are living during this time is keeping away from screens, right? Oh, yeah. um, I mean, I myself have been like scrolling through <laughs> Facebook when I'm supposed to go. Yeah. To and and that's like, harder because we're in now. The vortex, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I've had to do a very strict, um, time at this time in my life, you know, the phone turns off at nine and it, you know, just that tolerating that discomfort for a short period of time of like, what am I missing out on? What am I not learning? Like, no, it has to go off. Right, right. I think some of the things that we can replace that with, like you said, is, um, you know, having a mindful mindfulness practice, you know, some people can listen to music or maybe aromatherapy, right? Journaling is a great option to do, or even reading a book. Um, You know, nowadays, you know, a, a paper book might actually be better than, you know, reading off of your iPad, because it still emits the same blue, you know, wavelength that disrupts our, you know, sleeping cycle that many people do not know. Um, Ashta, you know, Anne was talking about, you know, mindfulness and reducing our stress. And as we know, um, or, th- or for those of you who don't know, our stress hormone, our cortisol suppresses that immune system. You know, what would you recommend in terms of, you know, other types of mindfulness practices or, you know, even ones you do for yourself? Because I think a lot of listeners and patients out there, um, you know, they hear about all these different things and they don't know which ones to select. And I think it's important to hear, you know, what their own provider, uh, you know, recommends. I personally, I practice meditation. So as soon as I get up in the morning, deep breathing, just focusing on internalizing things, I think definitely helps a lot because, you know, we hear there's so much, there's so much stress around us and, you know, we're, we hear about our near, near and dear ones or family and I'm in New York. So, it's been extremely overwhelming here, you know, hearing about people that you personally know or hearing about a patient who is sick with this. But at the same time, it's very important to keep, you know, keep up with our own good health and, you know, to decrease our own mental stress in times like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And um, it, it could be very 
overwhelming, right? We live uh, currently in a very chaotic world and it's easily to get sucked into the social media and the new constant, constant rapid changingly, you know, uh, news updates and things like that. And as far as we know, you know, the most important thing is like we all know, social distancing, home isolation, good hand hygiene. But at the same time, it's like while we're indoors, you know, we can all afford to just slow down and take a deep breath. And, you know, I was talking about this with a couple of my other guests the past couple of shows is, you know, going inward and, you know, looking at, you know, certain things come up, right? Old stuff that has been unprocessed, you know, and, you know, now is a great time to, you know, talk to people, reinforce those relationships, um, you know, maybe, you know, virtually connect with, you know, a coach that you've been thinking about or virtually connect with a therapist that you've been thinking about. Um, and you had mentioned about Headspace. That's a great meditation app. Um, Talkspace is a great virtual platform, um, you know, to reach out to a uh, certified, you know, therapist. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Um, Let's shift gears back to... um, you know, diet, um, because we had talked about diet and, and you were talking about this and I turned this to you. Um, yeah. So diet, you know, what are we, you know, looking for? Because, you know, for me, I've always advocated for a plant-based diet. Um, now, you know, even more so now, because, um, it's, it's interesting because when you look at, you know, the grocery stores, what are the things that are left behind? You know, everyone is buying up toilet paper, right? Which I don't understand because it's not a diarrheal disease. And, um, you know, and uh, it's funny because I hear this a lot where all the produce is left behind, right? But it's all the produce, the, the, the food, the, the fruits and the vegetables that are you know, filled with minerals and vitamins and antioxidants. And you had mentioned, you know, beta carotene. These are all things that are fighting um, inflammation and help enhance our immune system. Um, What are some things that we can look for, um, you know, in the produce aisle or, you know, in our pantries right now? I think the most important thing is eating the rainbow, trying to eat all the colors, trying to eat as many deep colors as possible, you know, deep greens, deep purples, blues. And um, for myself personally, you know, I am emphasizing uh, vitamin C containing foods like um, citrus, strawberries, spinach, um, zinc containing foods, uh, green tea um, for uh, Mm -hmm. the polyphenols found in there. And... uh, I really think that that is um, the way to go rather than picking just a few things, try to eat the rainbow. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Zinc um, helps is a mineral that helps boost uh, white blood cells. And those are kind of like our frontline soldiers in our immune system to help fight against infectious disease. Um, Ashta, what about you? Um, What are some things that you would advocate um, in terms of the produce aisle or, and I would like to kind of um, maybe touch upon like, what are the differences between frozen foods and fresh fruits and canned foods? Is there pros and cons to any of those? Sure. So because we were talking about, we were talking more about gut microbiome and how to 
you know, how to improve gut health. Um, so that the diverse microbiome is a healthy microbiome, which contains different species that play their own part in immunity and health. Um, so the best way to increase microbiome diversity is eating a wide range of plant-based foods, which are high in fiber and limiting ultra-processed foods, including junk food. Following a Mediterranean diet has also been shown to improve gut health, so which will mean increasing plant, eating plenty of vegetables and nuts and seeds and whole grains um, and even healthy fats like olive oil and lean meat or fish. Um, and definitely avoiding alcohol, salt, sweets and sugary drinks, as well as even artificial sweeteners. Um, if people are concerned about getting hold of fresh produce while self-isolating or even quarantine, frozen fruit and berries and vegetables are equally good. Um, because, you know, they, they can last uh, longer up to two, you know, to cover that two week isolation period. Um, eating natural yogurt or eating artisan cheeses, which contain life microbiomes like probiotics, that's a great resource of increasing natural probiotic. Um, I think kefir and kombucha and fermented vegetable based foods that they can, mm -hmm. that's also a good option. Um, and I think definitely whether you're shopping for yourself, you're for your for a family or for elderly, choosing foods that support a healthy gut microbiome is extremely, extremely important, um, as well as like, you know, maintaining mental health, staying physically active, mm -hmm. sleep, all of those things and hand washing things we talked about. But definitely yeah. food is super important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you about that. Um, and um, where does the role of, you know, maybe like probiotic supplements come into play? You know, um, Ashta was talking about fermented foods like kimchi and like sauerkraut would be good examples for, for listeners. Um, but what about like probiotics, you know, by themselves? You know, is it, is it important to get it as a supplement or should we get, you know, geared towards getting that in food? You know, my opinion is that it needs to be more emphasized towards food. I think the most recent data that's coming out of the Sonnenberg's lab at Stanford, um, which is one of the prime sites for microbiome research, is showing that you really just can't get away from food as a, a source of both pre and probiotics. And when they're taken orally, um, some studies show some benefit, but they have to be continually taken orally to modulate the microbiome, um, whereas foods seem to be more potent um, in terms of not only maintaining a diverse array of microbes, but maintaining a healthy cell-to-cell um, -cell connection, preventing leaky gut, making sure that the mucin layer is appropriate. Mm -hmm. I think the more that I've learned about it, especially coming out of their work, the more strongly I feel about fermented um, natural foods instead of supplements. Right, right. And um, I would advocate the same, you know, in terms of, you know, getting a full range and getting your main source um, from food. Um, you know, before the pandemic, you know, we've, uh, you know, a lot of different things have happened to our agriculture, you know, um, a lot of, you know, not enough crop rotation on uh, the soil has been depleted of its, you know, minerals and things like that. And so, um, you know, I find that, uh, you know, as much as I don't want to depend, you know, just really rely on supplements, sometimes it's, you know, also, uh, you know, important to have it as well. 
Um, you know, I'm also thinking about vitamin D. Um, mm-hmm. You know, who, uh, you know, I think vitamin D, uh, you know, there's some research showing that, you know, it's re- it can reduce the risk of, you know, viral infections, you know, especially mm-hmm. in the respiratory tract. Um, and it helps, you know, uh, reduce pro-inflammatory compounds. Um, you know, let's talk about, you know, what are the great sources? Um, is there great food sources besides the main source from our sun? Um, you know, Ashta, you, you want to take up, take this one? Sure. So foods that are rich in vitamin D can be fatty fish, such as salmon, tuna, um, you know, uh, cheeses are good and rich in vitamin D. Egg yolks are really high in vitamin D. Milk is good. Spinach, kale, okra. So all the greens, like Anne pointed out, the seven colors, um, those are all high and rich in vitamin D. Hmm. And do you have anything to add? You know, I agree with all of the above, but I will make the caveat that in my practice, this is one of the few areas where I uh, will go to a supplement pretty quickly over food mm-hmm. because I just haven't seen people be able to maintain adequate vitamin D levels, at least in this um, latitude mm. that, that I'm at. You know, people run really low, like their serum levels will be like 7 to 20 Mm-hmm. And even with vitamin D rich foods, it doesn't budge too much. And so that is a pretty common supplement for me to recommend. Yeah. I try to get people. I agree with you. At least to a 30. Yeah. And ideally over to a 50 um, of blood level. And I think that if someone is there at a starting place, there's data to suggest that their immune cell function and decreased activation of inflammation through an inflammasome is much improved. And so I think that it is probably prudent, especially in the coronavirus pandemic, to try to optimize vitamin D levels pretty mm-hmm. expeditiously rather than through just diet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when we're talking about vitamin D, we're referring to vitamin D3. And um, I agree with you. And it's like, you know, you're in California, right? And so. I am, yeah. And I live by the beach. So you yeah. Yeah, you would you think know. that too. Yeah, exactly. But what I, I what I think is, you know, the reason why is because because we're a society of, you know, more so indoor creatures, you know, and I like to right. refer to the box, the box analogy, you know, you wake up, you know, in your box, you drive in your box, you go to work in a box. <laughs> and so and you do that a same exact cycle day in and day out. And so you don't get unless you make a you know, concerted, you know, concerted, you know, effort to actually get that exposure. And we're not talking about a lot of exposure, you know, we're talking about like maybe, you know, the last time I read about this research was maybe like 20 to 30 minutes and you can get several, you know, thousands of units um, in your uh, skin, which is mostly coming from the rays via the sun um, to get it converted into your uh, system via the liver and kidneys. So, you know, we're talking about vitamin D3, my recommendations are minimally 2,000 uh, IU units uh, daily. Um, it, do you guys find that similarly? Yeah, I agree. If I don't have a serum level on someone, that's usually my starting dose. Um, mm-hmm. I personally have been taking 5,000 mm-hmm. in the setting of the COVID issue. Mm-hmm. Ashta? Yeah, I think I agree with that. At least at least 2,000 and maybe taking even 5,000 daily. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, so now, now let's shift gears to, uh, uh, from diet to, uh, you know, just, just basically, you know, relationships. Um, and, you know, we were talking about, you know, uh, prior episodes in terms of like relationships with each other and, you know, different techniques in terms of reducing stress and anxiety. Um, and you had mentioned about, you know, Headspace, which is a great meditation app. And both of you have practiced, you know, mindfulness as well. Is there a way to kind of, you know, from a bird's eye view, kind of look at what we're facing and being able to, uh, you know, start some techniques, whether at home or with each other, um, to really, really um, uh, just kind of maintain um, ourselves, you know, through this, because at this point we get so many conflicting informations. We don't know how long this is going to go on for. So what are some ways that, you know, individually, because sometimes people live and stay by themselves or they're with their families, what are some ways that they could connect, um, and enhance their relationships and with them, with, uh, themselves? Um, uh, and I'll let you go first. Sure. So I think that it's important to note, because I find that this is very helpful information, is that when we look at the power of neuroplasticity and building really the brain wiring away from the fear centers, anxiety, anger, and towards the more thinking, observing um, frontal lobe, that process can really change within two weeks with Mm -hmm. some sort of contemplative practice of which mindfulness meditation is one. And so I think especially, like you said, we don't know how long this is going to last. And the best time to start building those neural connections is yesterday, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe like two, three months ago. (laughs) Right. You know, it's it's like it's training, you know, it's training the mind. And what you said, too, about um, connection, you know, that. I really dislike the term social distancing. You know, what we're Mm -hmm. doing is physical distancing, so we don't Mm -hmm. get germs. Mm -hmm. But I think that in terms of training the mind, um, relaxation is different than training the mind. And what you're doing when you're doing some kind of meditation-type practice is you are literally rewiring the brain. And it actually is a very restorative type of brain wave that is um, more restorative even than sleep. There's a variety of ways that one can do that. Um, my favorites are at night, I like to do a yoga nidra, which is a kind of a guided relaxation. There are excellent free ones on Insight Timer, which is a free app. Mm-hmm. There is also um, self-compassion or loving-kindness meditations, which I also find to be very um, helpful and restorative in this time of the coronavirus pandemic. And then the training through mindfulness. um, One of my favorite ways is through the observation of the senses. And so Mm -hmm. taking a few minutes to sit and focus on what you perceive through each of your senses, taste, smell, sight, Mm -hmm. hearing, etc. And then the the effort um, to, for me to connect with loved ones um, rather than just kind of scrolling, you know, through Facebook, like, yeah. which is like not as meaningful of a social mm-hmm. interaction, but calling my grandmother, who I'm lucky to still have, or, you know, a friend that I haven't talked to for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you spell, for those in the audience, how do you spell yoga nidra? Oh, yeah. It's um, yoga, Y-O-G-A, 
Nidra is N-I-D-R-A. Mm-hmm. And if you download the Insight Timer, search for um, Jennifer Piercy, P-I-E-R-C-Y. She has um, probably the most played Yoga Nidra um, that I've come across, and it's just wonderful. She's got a couple iterations on there, depending on your time frame. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Asta, uh, same, same question. So connecting, right? So I think if you are self-isolating at home and you feel disconnected, I think that's where social media and even though we want to, it can be a useful tool to connect with others, um, you know, with, to stay even like even in the same house, let's say if you're trying to distance a little bit, like coming back from work or, um, you know, we're working still, we're still going to hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, so texting, instant messaging, phone and video messaging is always great. Um, I mean, this is where connecting online has been great. And even sending video messages to a friend or playing online games that can be useful and can, you know, like human connections can still help take, take away that anxiety, take away that stress. Um, and depending on where you work, meetings can still happen via telephone conferencing or video conferencing. And I think just checking up on our communities and checking up on near and dear ones, that can be super helpful and just, you know, being there for each other. (laughs) Right, right, right. Definitely. I think it's a very, you know, interesting time where we're given the opportunity to connect more, you know, while be physically apart. And I agree with you, Anne, that, you know, I'm not a big fan of the word social distancing as well, um, because at the same time, you know, we are trying to connect more uh, uh, socially, maybe, you know, maybe in person or maybe virtual, but it is physical distance uh, distancing. And um, yeah, I mean, I find myself, uh, you know, just calling on the phone at least, oh man, so much more than I typically would. And I'm calling up my high school friends and my hometown friends and childhood friends just to kind of check in and see how they're doing. And for better or worse, for better or worse, I hate to say like a virus, you know, gives us an opportunity to connect, you know, more with people um, that we needed to, but it's a great opportunity, um, you know, to do so. Um, And to add to your point about the meditation, I, um, I, I went to a meditation, uh, almost like a meditation boot camp um, back in 2012. It was called Vipassana um, meditation, and it's simply a uh, uh, technique where you know you sit down and start you know, observing all your senses and all the different sensations that come into your body, right? And I bring this up because, you know, now we live in a time where, um, you know, a lot of different things can get on our nerves and get us heightened. And, you know, maybe some uh, old stuff that hasn't been uh, process in a healthy manner, um, you know, can come up and you might lash out at someone, you might, you know, 
negatively react. You might project something, you know what I'm saying? So how would you recommend, um, you know, someone, for example, I, I just had this conversation with someone else where you're in the grocery line and, you know, someone is behind, you know, uh, behind you that's impatiently waiting or, you know, you're in, the, you know, a different store trying to, you know, get something really quick, you know, those quick moments, you know, what do you tell yourself, you know, in those situations to be able to change how you react to a situation because in essence that's the only thing we can do and can control i think that this is part of where the mindfulness um, practice comes where the rubber meets the road because you start to become aware of your own thoughts and the own um, physical sensations in your body to where you then develop sort of in the moment a metacognition of your reaction rather than just reacting to it. Mm -hmm. And it's a cognitive diffusion of sorts to where then you have more of an opportunity to choose a reaction or a feeling um, rather than it just happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And And that modulates the stress response, you know, like we go back to the immune system here. If you can prevent cortisol from spiking around in your body all day, that's going to help you in terms of the, the... psychoneuroimmunologic connection and your overall health. Right, exactly. So you're not constantly on ed, you know, edge all the time. Um, so, you know, like, like you were saying before, it's a practice, you know, it's not something we're going to get this overnight. Um, but you know, it's something that we want to be able to, you know, kind of start, you know, since we have, you know, more, you know, time on our hands and more opportunity. Um, Ashna, I want to get back to, um, uh, uh, dietary practices really quick because it's something, um, you know, that you do, uh, practice and, uh, you know, with regarding to weight loss. Tell the audience members in terms of, you know, how, why is it important in terms of, you know, weight um, and, uh, you know, weight control and weight maintenance and, you know, optimizing one's weight, ideal body weight, for example. Um, And maybe talk about, we had uh, talked about intermittent fasting and, you know, how, maybe how does fasting come into this? Right. So, um, so of course, you know, we're seeing that, uh, people who have more comorbidities or people who are elderly, we're seeing that that increases the risk of getting any kind of disease or any kind of infection, and it affects the immune system. Um, in in general practice, my approach to helping weight loss is intermittent fasting and low carb diets. Um, intermittent fasting is one of the easiest methods to understand, and it doesn't even require any special clinics. Um, it's an act of withholding food for a certain period of, period of time. And the idea is whenever we, we eat anything, uh, it leads to, whether it's carbohydrates or proteins or fats, it leads to increase in insulin levels. And insulin being a growth hormone and fat storage hormone, we want to bring it down. And one of the tools we use is intermittent fasting. Um, So intermittent fasting um, is a great technique which can help in restoring both gut health and can help with other comorbid conditions such as diabetes and obesity um, um, as well. So, um, so, you know, I think overall intermittent fasting is, especially in, in these stressful times, 
we're seeing people who are binge eating, you know, stress can, mm-hmm. of course, add to all of that. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's when we tell our patients to follow simple techniques, such as limiting window to eight hours a day where, you know, where you're eating anything between eight hours and not eating constantly through the day and not snacking constantly through the day. Right, right, right. Um, I think it's interesting because, um, you know, we do focus a lot about quality of eating and what we're putting into our mouths, but we don't really talk about frequency of eating. And, you know, I don't know, I'm not aware of any literature that says, you know, three times is the best, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think, uh, you know, society, you know, societal wise, you know, we've been conditioned to eat that way. And, um, you know, I question whether, you know, if, if breakfast is the most important meal of the day, I personally practice intermittent fasting. Um, and, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of benefits in terms of, you know, personally speaking, um, you know, just more clarity. Um, I'm less bloated and, you know, I just have more energy and it's different for different people, but fasting is not the same as starving. I want to let our listeners, you know, understand it's not the same as starving and fasting has actually been practiced for thousands, you know, of years in different cultures, uh, like Ramadan, you know, for example, this has been great guys. And, um, you know, any closing remarks, um, I want to be able to, uh, respect both of your times. I know, uh, Dr. Ashta needs to move on to, uh, you know, her work, um, any closing remarks. And I would love for for the uh, audience, uh, to know where they can look you guys up. Um, if they want to reach out to you or learn more about what you do. Um, and I'll let you go first. Sure. So briefly in closing remarks, I do want to just um, very briefly touch on a couple of herbs that I think are safe and helpful in terms of optimizing the immune system. Um, one is licorice, which should not be taken if you have chronic hypertension, but a licorice tea um, may be helpful along with um, astragalus, which is a Chinese medicine herb. Mm-hmm. Um I also am a fan of medicinal mushrooms, which can be eaten, Um, many of them, cordyceps, uh, reishi, maitake, inaki, those kinds of Asian mushrooms. And in the prevention phase, I think that elderberry is probably reasonable, but it maybe should be stopped um, in terms of if somebody is actually experiencing symptoms. Okay, great. And where can they uh, find you? Um, Do you have any websites or social media? Yeah, thank you. So I'm on Facebook at Dr. Ann Kennard. That's A-N-N-E-K-E-N-N-A-R-D. Same on Instagram. I have a website, www.dranncanard.com. And my book, um, Nourish, an Integrative Medicine Cookbook, is on Amazon covering food is medicine, simple herbal medicine recipes, and mind-body techniques. Awesome. Awesome. And I apologize. Uh, uh, Kristen is your maiden name, right? Kristen's actually my middle name. Oh, it's your middle <laughs> <Yeah>. name. <laughs> okay. So for those of you that are getting confused, is, you know, we, we mean the same person. So she's still here. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, Ashta, um, same thing, closing remarks, uh, recommendations, and uh, where we can look you up. So, so closing remarks, you know, prevention is better than cure with everything. So whether it's diabetes, whether it's COVID, we want to prevent before, you know, before we get there. So that's why we're practicing social distancing, cleaning hands, washing hands, all those techniques that we've been told. So it's very important. 
Um, people can look us up on weightzeromd.com and I'm on Facebook and um, we're on Facebook too. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on to your, uh, to the show. I want to thank our listeners, um, you know, that are chiming in. Um, I know we're in a very, uh, somewhat chaotic uh, of a period, but I can assure you that, um, you know, on a, you know, big picture scheme, you know, we're going to come out stronger. Um, you know, we're going to come out, you know, understanding more about ourselves and, you know, us globally and, uh, you know, even just question what we do on a day-to-day basis. And I wish you guys, you know, uh, you know, safe and happy, uh, and healthy, uh, day. Okay. And, uh, again, my name is Colin zoom host of regular thrive bites and thank you for listening on. Thank you too, for joining on to the show. Thank you, Colin. Hey, guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.